welcome to The Bench. I am your host, Communications Coordinator Jessica Murray. Today I am joined by Pastor Spence Shelton. Hey! And this is going to be a classic, classic episode of The Bench where we are going to talk about the points that were left over from the sermon yesterday. So if you haven't been with us for a while, or if you have, we are in a sermon series on Song of Solomon. That's right. So if you've been around with us, you know that we're in this series. You know that we have talked about a godly woman, a godly man. We've talked about God's design for marriage. And yesterday's sermon was about God's design for sex. That's right. So this sermon uh, has actually picked up a lot of traction, definitely on our podcast. Um, If you're ever looking for Mercy Church sermons, you can search Mercy Church Podcast, and you can find our actual sermons from Sunday. Definitely encourage you to go and listen to those. But the one from this past Sunday on God's design for sex really has gotten a lot of Mm. listens over the past day, which it's just really impressive that people (laughs) are curious about what the Bible says about sex, uh, sexuality. So it's really cool to see that people are interested in what the Bible has to say about these topics. I love it. So Pastor Spence, let's jump right in. What were things that you just didn't get to in in yesterday's sermon because you only had 35 minutes? You know, I um, I love that you call this a classic episode. We're like, what, seven episodes in or oh, something yeah. like that. So We've already classic, got catchphrases, <laughs> classic episodes. Um, but flashbacks. I do, you know, the purpose of this is to say, hey, there's just, there's so much more than what we can get into in a specific sermon. That's why, you know, the bench or the players that didn't get in uh, for, for whatever reason for that particular sermon. And Wait, I, this is a sports metaphor? That's a sports this whole metaphor. Time? What do you think it was? A Forrest got, Gump I metaphor? Tri- like he's just tricked into there? this. Yeah, that's right. Um, I love it. The um, but the, I was I was feeling even as I was going out to preach, I was telling a couple of folks uh, on the prayer team, I was like, you know, um, as I'm going out there to preach, I always feel like, oh, it'd be cool if I could say this. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, uh, in particular, was man, I feel like people are going to walk out going, he didn't talk about, mm, and, and it's yeah. related to their specific experience. No way, I really could, and actually, we won't even do that here. There's no way it's possible which is why you need community to help work towards application of the sermon into your individual experience. But I do love that um, we're seeing the amount of um, people listen in because this is a big area, big deal um, and something that's very personal to everyone. And so I love that uh, people are taking the time to consider what God has to say about it. So, yeah, especially because you mentioned this in your sermon yesterday, but we are maybe even unaware of how much pop culture is educating us on this topic. And so when you're unaware of how you're being educated on something, like awareness is the first step to fixing the problem. That's right. Right. So definitely. Yeah. We're, we're just inundated with, um, if you're going to watch any TV show, if you're going to any way engage culture, which I think we as Christians should Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, understand the world, be in the world, not of it. Yeah. Um, we're going to be hit with that over and over. So understanding what God has to say about it is huge. Yeah. I know something you talked about yesterday a little bit was the exclusivity Mm-hmm. of sex within marriage. And I think there's probably a lot more that could be said yeah. about that if you want to hit on that first. Yeah. So the idea there, I know this is the point of uh, frustration that many feel is like, all right, sex is specific. The Christian, the Christian sexual ethic is that sex, any form of sexual expression uh, and activity is specifically designed for marriage. Mm-hmm. And so people push back on that. The world around us pushes back on that and says, no, 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 no. Um, sex can be separated from marriage. It's just a healthy expression of your desires and fulfilling your desires. Well, the problem there, um, ultimately, if you chase that to its end, it doesn't lead in fulfillment. It might lead to a temporary uh, pleasure, but it won't lead to lasting fulfillment for you personally. Uh, What it'll lead to is a a lot of pain. 
um, over over time, right? The difference is um, what Christian sexual ethics is going to come along and say, this is actually about something much bigger. And so what we tried to say was it's exclusive to marriage, just like our worship is exclusive to our marriage with God. Mm -hmm. And what we started to paint a picture of was sex is actually a picture of our relationship with God. It's supposed to be this foreshadowing of uh, one day our union with God and even the greatest, most um, heightened moment of pleasure in the marriage bed is actually a dim shadow of the pleasure we'll experience with God in heaven wow. in union with him. Yeah. Um, some of the things I didn't get to get into were kind of around that was just the whole like uh, idea that sex increases unity with a husband and wife. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why first Corinthians seven, Paul calls them to remain regularly together uh, in the marriage bed. But not only does it increase, it requires unity. It requires a commitment of marriage, but then it increases unity. Well, our worship with God does the same thing. It requires uh, a certain amount of unity. Like we have to believe that he is God and uh, we worship him. But as we worship him, that actually increases our closeness to him. Mm -hmm. Right? God created sex for delight, which I mean, that's he created our bodies that way. So that just like he created worship to increase our delight in him. So the more you worship God, the more you enjoy God. And in all of these ways, sex is a shadow of like, or maybe a better way is it's a sign, right? Mm -hmm. And it's okay. like pointing you towards what you're going to get one day. That's going to be far better, which means again, if it's a symbol, if it's a sign, you don't need it. What you need is what it represents and what it's pointing towards, yeah. which is a whole, one of the big things we've been pushing in, in this series is you don't need sex and you don't need marriage. They're there to point you towards your union with God. Mm -hmm. That's what you really need, which allows a single person or you think of all these couples that go through really big struggles um, in their lives where they're not able to have sex. And it's like, you don't need it because mm. it's a sign. Interesting. It's pointing towards something else. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think something else you mentioned during the sermon yesterday, it was one of your, your points. You said sex is God's gift for serving your spouse not yourself. And I, even when I read through your manuscript the first time I saw that and it was this like moment where I was like, wait, what is that true? And yeah. not because I didn't believe that, but yeah. because I've never heard it said that way. Huh. And so it was just an interesting yeah. thing to be faced with. Yep. And it's one of those things that's exactly the opposite view of what the world around right. us that we're inundated with, what yep. it, the view that it takes. And so it would be strange. Like you start to think about it though. And you think of everything the Bible says about marriage and everything seems to be about a spouse is there. Ephesians 5, 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then the following verses talk about how a, a wife submits to the husband, husband, how he leads his wife is sacrificial service, right? It's sacrificial leadership. It's this mutual submission to one another. And then you realize, well, then if sex was, you turn around and make sex about yourself, that seems not only counter to everything the Bible said about marriage, mm -hmm. but counter to everything the Bible says about following Jesus. Yes, that's a great point. Everything yeah. is about giving yourself away for the good of others. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, even down to washing one another's feet, mm -hmm. just as Christ washed his disciples' feet and says for you. Philippians 2, how he humbled himself. All of Christianity, all of it, when it comes to following Jesus, is giving yourself away for the sake of others, just like Christ. Mm -hmm. But then somehow we turn around and our sexual ethic, what happens often, I think it's just because of how much, we don't realize how much the world is discipling us. 
and saying, and this is where the lie of compatibility comes from. Oh, well, that. I need to see if, do you serve me and serve my needs? Right. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden I'm turning, I'm flipping everything about Christianity on its head when it comes to sex in particular and saying, well, I need to know if you're actually going to be right for me. And I might hide it under, well, I just want to know if I'm right. It's not you. It's me. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Compatibility is you saying, are you right for me? Yes. Which that was total, such a good total flip of what everything else that, that we've done. So mm-hmm. my, that's where we said sex is actually serving your spouse. It's you meeting your spouse's needs, not about them meeting your needs. And if you can actually take that prospect and the reason I said your spouse, it was a nod to single people to say, well, if you don't have a spouse, then you have no need for sex right now, mm-hmm. right? You Desire, that's okay. That's not what we're talking about. Right, Probably right. Between that and but what's it for, right? It's a desire not to be fulfilled right now because it's inside of marriage. It's God's gift for serving your spouse. And so then to all the married people, it's not God's gift for you to take advantage of, um, which I'm telling you is so many couples wind up in marriage counseling is because they're trying to take from one another mm-hmm. instead of give to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what sex is for. It's a gift to serve your spouse. Yeah. And all the time in scripture, we see submitting our desires to God's will. That's right. And so just, it seems like just another way. That's right. Especially being single, that is a way that we submit those yeah. desires to God's will for our life. So that's fascinating. Another thing you mentioned in your sermon that I believe is going to stick with people because it was just one of those phrases that is catchy. Uh, you said, it's not asking the question, where is the line? But when is the time? Yeah. Yeah. We were, that was my, my way to say it's a common question. I remember getting this a lot when I was, um, uh, actually I remember asking this question in high school, college for yeah. whatever it is. And then Remember, um, I've gotten this question over and over and what's happening there. If I assume the best, what's happening there is, Hey, what can I, even when you, when I assume the best, it's probably still coming out of a trying to, um, gratify the desires of the flesh. Like what is God okay with and not okay with? Mm -hmm. That's just not, uh, that's not the posture of the heart in scripture and in Christianity. I shouldn't be trying to figure out like, what can I do to just make God okay and then I can live my life in any realm of your walk with God? But instead, man, I want to run as far towards God as I can. Yeah. Right. And the question that gets answered, that gets asked and answered in the Song of Solomon is not where's the line from immorality to morality or, or morality to immorality. The question instead is, all right, when's the time? And she's talking to um, her friends and saying, do not awaken love until it's time. Do not right. awaken love until it's time. Yeah. And then of course here in chapter four, we have is it's time, right? And they've been, they've gotten married. It's the wedding night. Now it's time mm-hmm. and it's time for, um, for it all, right? That's what you see is just this, because it's in the marriage bed, you have this complete, um, openness that they have towards one another. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And, and it's the, the time is right. And that's when, yeah, that's the the huge difference there that I would say is a, a change in mindset instead of where's the line. It's when because it's not that the line moves, right? Yeah, right. When you get married or something, and that's actually leads to a lot of confusion and pain and frustration in um, in couples' sex lives when they get married, right? Is because oh, I thought the line just moved or something like that. No, 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 no. It's not where's the line. It's when's the time. Yeah, I know there are probably couples or individuals who are listening to this and thinking through their own relationships. What would be your advice to couples that maybe are um, currently experiencing the struggle of remaining pure in a relationship, or even couples who are currently um, either sleeping together or living together and know that that is not what Scripture commands, but they don't 
know what to do now. My first encouragement would be, y'all, if you're listening to this, you're listening to these sermons, you're engaging this content, the spirit is doing something in you. Okay. Even if you are fighting it the whole way, (laughs) the spirit is doing something in you. And I want to celebrate that. Yeah. I want to celebrate even the question of, okay, well, how do we start, uh, changing Mm -hmm. in a way that what I would say is two things. One, you don't change in your own strength. You change. The Lord is the one who does the changing. So this isn't just like, we're not going to do this anymore. That's going to last maybe 12 days. (laughs) And that's me being generous. Okay. (laughs) That ain't the road to change. Yeah. The road to change is, all right, I'm going to commit this number one to prayer before the Lord. Number two, I'm going to commit to talking with some other believers that I'm in community with and saying, I need help. We need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would encourage you to put everything on the line all the way down to your relationship itself. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There's some repentance that you need to do towards one another, repentance to the Lord. Uh, that's steps you got to take. And you got to trust that the Lord is obviously, if he's convicting you on this, he's in this mm-hmm. and he wants you to have a relationship that's going to honor him and he's going to bless the steps that you take, however painful they are. For some of y'all, you just need to break up mm-hmm. and that stinks. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I don't say that like over here. Oh, this is great. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go through pain, but I do want you to go. The only reason I would want you to go through pain is if it's as you are correcting something that's going to yield better fruit in the long term right. in your life. It may not be that that's the case, but it might be. Yeah. I'm just telling you the thing we always say around here at Mercy, one of our core values is we help people take their next step in following Jesus. Yeah. Your next step is just admitting, hey, this is where we are is not in line with what God calls us to be. Right. Yeah. And we got to own that with one another. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's a huge step. You're going to take that step, not in shame, but in conviction. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we understand the difference. It's not the enemy shaming you, all right? Right. This is the Spirit of the Lord convicting you towards holiness and towards reconciling with Him. I think it's going to bear great fruit in every other area of your life as you deal with sin and repent of it and turn towards the Lord. And do so, invite a couple other people who are um, close friends to hold you accountable to some steps that you're going to take and be willing to take them and see if the Lord doesn't answer. Yeah, and if you're hearing that and you are just scared, Go read Romans 7 and 8. And then, go. because that's, I keep thinking all those verses. Yeah. In Romans, as you're talking, like, there is no condemnation. We are covered Romans by Jesus' right. righteousness. And so God is not angry at you and disappointed in you. He literally looks at you and sees his son's perfect righteousness that's right. in your place. And so, oh, what a good reminder that we can come to him with the things that seem so scary. That's right. But yeah. Also, so track with us here, guys, because we know we told you that the bench is for content that isn't covered in the sermon on Sundays. But what we also know is that there's no way in a 15 to 20 minute podcast that we could cover all of the topics related to sex, sexuality, purity, um, those kinds of topics. And so what we are actually providing this weekend is the Redeeming Sex Weekend. It's a weekend long conference. We're going to have sessions beginning Friday evening up. October 22nd, there will be sessions on Saturday, and then it will all round out with the Song of Solomon series on uh, October 24th with Dr. Timothy Atik will be preaching here on Sunday. So that'll be amazing. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of different sessions that are available for you. You can actually go online to mercycharlotte.com slash redeeming sex 
you can still RSVP. You can find out what sessions are we actually going to be talking about. And just to give you a few of those, one session we're going to cover is how to find freedom from the trap of pornography for yourself, your family, and your friends. It's going to be led by a Mercy member, Mike Flynn. We've got another session on how to talk to your kids about sex with Amy Work and Rachel Bills. We've got Caring for the Same Sex Attracted in the Church with Zach Verrett and Kate Terry. So this is going to be a weekend full of information that is so useful and in line with the series that we've been walking through. Yeah, listen, guys, some people have asked me, (laughs) and maybe we've themed this very specifically, redeeming sex, and you're like, ah, if I'm not like dealing with something really bad, do I need to come to this? You know, that's been a little bit of the reaction. And here's what I want to say. This is very much, I want you to think of this as missionary training. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, because we live in a world so inundated, like, like I said, we're being discipled by the world so much. You need to take a weekend and be discipled by scripture yeah, that's and good. what scripture has to say about all of these different areas of sexuality and so really get to learn the Christian sex ethic. That's my my hope here is it's almost like an apologetics conference meets a just good discipleship conference because it's very practical as well. And so that's I, I hope you'll you'll come and join us. Yeah, absolutely. So that link again was mercycharlotte.com slash redeeming sex. You can also go to mercycharlotte.com slash news or just mercycharlotte.com and you can find out more information. Yeah, so go to the website. Go to the website. We would love to see you guys there. All right. Well, that is all that we have time for on this week's episode Thanks for listening, of The y'all. Bench. But we'll see you next week. Bye.